The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 15th chapter. Jesus said, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lays down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Amen. In reading the Bible, there is one thing that is abundantly clear. God loves you first even before you were able to love. In fact, you were created because God loved you. You were not brought into this world because of chance, just to find your way through it on your own. But you are preceded by a love. God was there first, and he loves you because he created you. You are his. Jesus Jesus echoes this in John chapter 16, verse 15, when he says to the disciples, You did not choose me, but I chose you. Before the disciples were disciples, Jesus knew who they were and what their relationship would be. Their relationship would not be a servant and master relationship. It wouldn't be a patron and client relationship, but it would be friendship. And this friendship is a relationship of gift and sacrifice. When Jesus says he chose the disciples, he's telling them that his love is based on this choice, which means his love is not arbitrary. He loved the disciples because they were his. Choice precedes friendship, and love flows from it. And when Jesus creates friendship, he creates the space for giving and receiving, which is precisely what love is. Jesus says, No greater love has no one than someone lay down his life for his friends. Another way to say it is to give his life to his friends. Now, implicit in this is that friends also receive the life given. Friendship is where friends do not hold back. They give everything and they receive everything. As a friend of the disciples, Jesus gives all of himself to them on the cross. And as friends, the disciples then will receive everything that he gives to them. We actually see this already in the Gospel of John, in John chapter 11, when Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. 
You see, as Jesus is walking to the tomb, he says to the twelve, let us go see our friend Lazarus. So, when Jesus calls him friend, we know that he loves him in a particular way, as one who gives everything and receives everything. We also know that when Jesus calls Lazarus his friend, that we know that Jesus will lay down his life. That is, Jesus will give his life to Lazarus. Well, since friends give everything and receive everything, when Jesus gives everything to Lazarus, that is, Jesus gives his life to Lazarus, Lazarus' proper reaction is to receive it entirely. This means when a dead person receives life, he's no longer dead. He's resurrected. And that is what happens to Lazarus. Jesus loves Lazarus by raising him from the dead. He loves him back to life. Because that's what friends do. They love each other back to life. But it doesn't stop there, though, because as Lazarus receives his life from Jesus' life, he then proceeds to love Jesus back by giving his life to Jesus. In John chapter 13, we find out that Lazarus will be martyred. He will lay down his life to Jesus. And of course, as a friend of Lazarus, Jesus will receive Lazarus' life, precisely when he welcomes him into the gates of heaven. Through this, we see that friendship is not something we can indulge when convenient, like when we have enough time or we find the right person. Jesus shows us that friendship is the only way to exist. Because without friendship, there isn't space to give and receive love. There's no space for life. Jesus loved us fully, holding nothing back. He gives us all of himself. And we, joyfully receiving that same love in life, give all, our, all of ourselves. And we give it to, back to Christ in the service we live, and we know that Jesus will receive it because he's our friend. And even when our all, giving our all, isn't enough, Jesus will resurrect it because he loves us. So what does it mean to call Jesus a friend? It means that we acknowledge that we are his beloved disciples who receive his life and give it back through love. For for Jesus and for each one of us, friendship is not a nice thought, but it is the very foundation of our existence. Friendship is the only way we live. Where we, we were created, we were chosen to be loved by God and to love like God. And friendship is where Jesus does this. That is the space where this can happen. So in a world of Facebook friends, Jesus' notion of friendship is out of this world. And that's probably best. We don't need an earthly friendship, but we need a heavenly friendship that is alive here on earth. And that's what Jesus' friendship does. 
Receiving Jesus' friendship then means changing how we relate to each other. This is overwhelming. How can we love like Jesus loves? How can we be friends with each other like Jesus is with us? As this might be overwhelming, we must remember that all of our friendships start right here, in the divine service centered around the Holy Eucharist. It is in the Lord's Supper where Jesus draws us to himself, draws us into friendship with him and his love. And it's at the Lord's Supper where we begin to learn what it means to be chosen by him, to love one another. In the Lord's Supper is where we begin to learn to be friends. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Amen.